Love what you hear? Be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, and even our D&D adventure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. I am your host, Alex Kendall. And I'm your host, Derek Baker. And today, we're going to be talking about the topic of patience and waiting <laughs> and seeing if a game is worth it. Because what we're going to be talking about and bring it down is, is it worth the wait we're seeing for a lot of these modern AAA titles? GTA 6, Elder Scrolls 6, Every Game 6, that are setting these 10, 15, 20-year milestones for a game that, you know, visually is probably going to blow us out of the water for the most part. But as far as a gameplay expectation, are we going to be setting ourselves up for failure? And is it okay to have a smaller game come out and enjoy that? Yeah, it's a really interesting topic because obviously we're getting all these extremely fantastic AAA titles, these great narratives, these great cinematic experiences. The time and effort that they're putting into these are ultimately, I think, for the most part, they're great products at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But with longer time frames that they force us to wait come greater expectations. And also, do you really want to play through one story for 10 years? Do yeah. you want a trilogy where you might have gotten a, a game in a trilogy once every three years? Now you're getting them more around five-ish years. And so if they're a trilogy and that much time is passing between the games, are you willing to wait that long? Is that worth it? And so. I'm excited to talk about this one today. I think there's a lot on both sides of this, so let's just hop into it. Absolutely. So obviously, started the top of the episode with talking about GTA 6, Elder Scrolls 6, and these are games where their predecessors, Fives, came out, you know, within 5 years or so of GTA 4, Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, and, you know, we saw both, I mean, we still see both of them being rehashed, re-released, uh, you know, for all of our three generations of consoles they've basically been on. And they were excellent. Both of them were fantastic. They blew expectations out of the waters in those five years. Now, as we're seeing more and more go into these games, and a lot of devs are throwing on the term, or at least corporate, is throwing on the term of a 10-year life cycle. We need these 10 years to go through with it. Bungie was going to be, or Bungie was going to have Destiny, 10-year game. Halo Infinite was going to be a 10-year game. And we're seeing these really, really long life cycles. And 
as we had said, like, are those expectations continuing to build? And I think they are. Each time we get an inkling of a leak or an image of it or a title screen, I think that hype continues to build. And as we see more and more and more games come out, AAA, AA, Indie, it's hard to quell those expectations when you're seeing all this stuff that's coming out right now. Yeah, it's very difficult for me. Um, I struggle a lot with this very lengthy game life cycle because uh, primarily I'm a single player campaign player. You know, games mm. where it is like a Halo Infinite or a Destiny where primarily what you want is a great multiplayer experience. I think that extended life cycle makes a lot of sense and people are excited for that and they can put out new content for the multiplayer and things like that. But Halo is sort of an interesting one because it's almost kind of split between the two. Like, yes, it is well known for its multiplayer, but also people have a lot of expectations for the Master Chief story in that entire campaign. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of where Halo Infinite maybe lost a little bit of its focus to be more like the competitors in that they put a lot of time and effort and energy into the multiplayer side of things, sort of foregoing the, I think, what was originally a big part of it for the fandom, which was that campaign. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that because when Halo Infinite came out, the campaign is what really sold it in the end. And having those updated perks in there, I think was in a way, yes, taking on a lot of those modern ideas that we see, but in my opinion, doing it better than they did in 4 and 5, of trying to include sprint, trying to include a lot more of those other aspects. And I think they did well enough. I think people were happy with that campaign as far as, as you could be, you know, minus Cortana just disappearing and not getting any of the resolve from the end of Halo 5. Um, but now we're seeing, and I think this is a whole other plague of it, is this free-to-play multiplayer aspect of it. And they're like, well, you're not paying for it. So buy skins, buy other stuff. Also, there's only a few modes that come out. So Halo Infinite, which was built up to be the Halo, the Halo for 10 years, um, unfortunately floundered. And as we're not seeing more campaign content come out, we're not seeing really any other improvements into the multiplayer. I think it is frustrating on that end of waiting uh, of this being like the title that's been delayed and delayed and delayed brought a new creative team fired this team and you know that's just one of the the bigger games that's come out with that but that's not the only one that's ever had anything like that and it's it's very frustrating to see you know we're seeing that within overwatch 2 right now um which is overwatch 1.1 you know it's not even a whole new brand new game we're seeing and you're still taking all this time to not finish this product that should be within that expectation limit. And I guess that's the question to pose to you. Would you have cared if it had taken two more years, three more years, but been the dream game? Would your expectations have continued to go up and that dream game would have fallen to like, that's eh, good. Or would it have been worth that time? Well, I think that's sort of the question, right, is as that hype builds, 10 years to go um, 
through a gaming life cycle. I think it's just a, a super long time. And you're right. There is a heightened expectation there. I think with the multiplayer in Halo, I guess that's sort of what I was getting at, where because when they're talking about a 10-year life cycle, they're talking about a multiplayer experience primarily. So when mm -hmm. it comes out initially, you know, it's tons of the story and things, but long-term through that cycle, they're not planning on focusing on the campaign at all. They're planning on doing sure. this multiplayer side of everything. I think that when you promise that, if you don't have a very specific plan, yes, you absolutely flounder. And it's not going to be exciting for people just to say, okay, well, yeah, we're going to use these assets for the 10 years or whatever. Without actually planning ahead and making that exciting, I think that all you're doing is sort of building a game that's going to slowly die. Um, with Overwatch 2, it's interesting as well because. I, I know that you're a big Overwatch fan specifically. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where you can tell the level of effort that goes into the actual game itself versus like, we just need like these small updates. We just want to carry the game on and we just are going to release an update because we feel like we have to. And I sort of feel, I'm not a big Overwatch player myself, but I sort of feel like that's what they did with Overwatch 2. Is that how you feel? Yeah, it's pretty much it. Uh, my conspiracy theory is because loot boxes were getting cracked down and whatever their licensing was, they had to come out with Overwatch 2 to get rid of loot boxes. That's my conspiracy theory. But also, they were trying to add in, and I will say this, it did improve going to five players, changing some characters around, but then having battle pass stuff, having to pay for characters, basically, having to just handle so many things that were frustrating and not having a single player campaign out, which is their biggest, like that was the biggest change was like a PVE style mm -hmm. where like you'd go down League of Legends things where like you'd get skills, you'd like change skills up. It would be cool if it comes out. And I, I think, are we in this era where we're just like, ah, it'll come out eventually. I forgive them. You know, they only gave me part of this game, but uh, it'll come out. And... I want to cycle back to the idea of expectations and the reality of never meeting them. Two examples. One was Duke Nukem Forever, you know, started in the 90s in development right after Duke Nukem 64 came out and was supposed to come out like a couple years later. Well, hitting development hell, changing devs, and we did an episode on this, but changing devs mm -hmm. several times and finally just coming out, you can see one. <laughs> every every era of gaming trope that happened because basically every level is some random thing in like 2002 2007 2010 and then it it would have never lived up to expectations you know having like this 20 years wouldn't work it's the same thing that we're going to see with star citizen you know a kickstarted game in the early like 2010s that is still promising it's coming out it's gonna come out and they keep doing these rounds of funding that to me will fail there's no way over like his 10 years they even promise these things more funding that this game will ever live up to it so do we see that leaking in to these AAA titles that we knew their first you know the iteration before it was fantastic are we going to keep that nostalgic fantasy of those games and apply it to these new ones or are we going to scrutinize them even further? I think that there's really two things to look at. Um, primarily, you have to look at 
the single player games and the multiplayer games in different capacities in terms of what the expectations really are. Because when I think about like Red Dead Redemption, so there was eight years between Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to have played Red Dead Redemption 1 to have enjoyed Red Dead Redemption 2, but those stories are interconnected. Now, if there's a Red Dead Redemption 3, how are those games going to coincide with each other? Is it going to be sort of like uh, Grand Theft Auto games from Rockstar where they maybe throw an homage back to one of the old Grand Theft Auto game stories and protagonists? Mm -hmm. Or is it actually going to carry on from one of the characters that you interacted with in Red Dead Redemption 2 or the very first game? And then on the multiplayer side of things, uh, just sticking with Rockstar, you've got Grand Theft Auto V has had this very long, thriving multiplayer that people have spent thousands of dollars on and have built up this character in this world for themselves. Now they're going to have GTA Six come along, and I'm sure that they're going to shoot for the same thing that they did with Five. But it's, are, are, it's the question is, are you going to be able to retain? GTA 5's player base, all the people that enjoyed the things about GTA 5 and still play it, are they going to be willing to build up from zero again in GTA 6? And I think that's a similar question for players of like Overwatch 2, where these games get these updates and releases, and the expectation is, yeah, there is going to be a really long cycle, but there's going to be a point as well where Either you're going to have to introduce an entirely new um, generation of gamers into your multiplayer and sort of forget the people who spent all the time in your game before, or you're going to have to do some things where there is a little bit more carryover. Because for me, the idea of spending 10 years on a game and spending a lot of real money on the multiplayer and then having to start over from scratch isn't an idea that I'm super comfortable with. But that is primarily because I play single-player campaigns and, and don't invest a lot of money in multiplayer like that. Sure. And we don't know with GTA 6. You have no idea on, like how it's going to carry sure. over or where that's going to be. And, and in Overwatch, it's the, again, it's the same game. Nothing's changed except for it's five people now and different layout. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that, but I think I want to cycle this, this to the idea of, do we need games of this caliber and length? Because we see plenty of examples of, of great long form single player games that, uh, are fantastic and keep us going, but do we, (laughs) again, it goes back to that worth. I mean. Do I want to wait? Do I want three new GTAs my entire lifetime? That's <laughs> basically it. Like, <laughs> do I want to have GTA 6 and GTA 7 come out? I'll be 80 when 7 comes out. But is it worth that? Because there's, there's plenty of long-form games that have taken their time. You brought up Red Dead and Red Dead 2. Like, probably some of the best examples of, like, a long, long campaign that is purposefully long slow horse rides, getting the conversations, and it builds it up cinematically, and it does it well. On the contrast, where there is, in my opinion, everyone's going to argue this, there isn't a lot of story 
in Elden Ring or in the Dark Souls series themselves is kind of sought out from like compiling it together and getting the ideas from some NPCs. But those are long form games in and of themselves that don't have that slow pacing that have insane frustration built into them, but have stood the test of time. Elden Ring is probably one of my favorite single player games in a long time because of a lot of those cool aspects of it. Should we glorify, I guess in a way, the length of something, like when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, campaign, 7,000 hours. Do I need 7,000 hours? Like, is, it, is that a necessity for me to enjoy that game? Or do we see this inflated hour count like that? Do we see these inflations of time spent in a game, which is, you know, time versus dollar spent? Is it justified? Are we just being fed into this thing of like, well, Elder Scrolls Six is going to take me 10 years to beat. Hopefully seven's coming out around that time. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question to ask, but it's, it's more so, is our time valued more in a condensed, story-rich game, or do we value it more in these somewhat open-world RPG aspects of it that give us hundreds of hours? Yes, Elder Scrolls is an interesting one because obviously famously known for being ported a billion times and remade a million times and all these different editions and has a very, very long current life cycle. And mm -hmm. I don't know that there's really much of a, a set release for Elder Scrolls Six, even though they did technically announce it with their little cinematic. It's interesting to me i feel like we are due for elder scrolls 6 yeah i think at this point elder scrolls 6 is going to come out and i'm going to play it and i'm probably going to really enjoy it but am i going to sit there and and think to myself wow i'm really glad they took 15 years or whatever it is by yeah. the time it actually comes out probably not i mean there's a, a game trilogy that i really enjoyed was the gears of war original trilogy Mm -hmm. And those games came out in 2006, 2008, and 2011. It was a great, easy story campaign, had a solid multiplayer, had a really great time with those games. I didn't feel like there was so much time between everything that I had no idea what was going on. And obviously a game like Elder Scrolls is not going to be that kind of storytelling where it needs to connect to uh, Skyrim. But to me, it's, it's, I'm more likely to forget the things that I enjoyed about previous titles. Now, Elder Scrolls, I think, is kind of unique in that there are so many mods and things that keep it alive sure. that the player base it does, the player base does things to keep that game alive. And I think that helps with the extended life cycle. But some of the other games that are hitting that sort of waiting period as well like the Grand Theft Auto games. There are mm -hmm. certain things that by the time that that Grand Theft Auto game comes out, I'm going to be like, yep, it's a Grand Theft Auto game. It's going to be great, I'm sure. It's going to break records. Uh, yep. I can almost guarantee that. But it feels like at a certain point, there's diminishing returns and how long that, that cycle lasts. And I am one of those people that definitely I do not need that much. I grew up in that era where the 
characters are basically just like four pixels or whatever. It it really doesn't matter to me. But I'm curious, people that did grow up in these higher fidelity games, if that expectation is really there for them. And to be honest, if they really are the targets of these longer life cycles, because I'm probably going to be aging out here <laughs> at a certain point where I'm not going to have the amount of time to play video games. I mean, it is uh, a young man's game. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's it. I, I think we're the target demo in terms of we have a wallet full of ka-ching, ka-ching that can spend on this stuff, but we're not the ones that are built in to these life cycles. We're not the ones that are trying to do those 10 years. They're trying to get those 12 to like 17-year-olds to make their 20s about this game or to make their teens into their early 20s about this thing before you guys fall off and just spend this stuff. There's very few games, and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, it's really multiplayer games that can do this. And that's why we see the 10 year, the 20 year and all that stuff. Cause we see like league of legends, even Fortnite, where it is now is retaining that player base and, and bringing more in. Um, even destiny, destiny two, like destiny two now is still has a healthy pool of people playing it. It may not be as large as they wanted, but it's still a huge thing that Bungie's working with, with that. So it's, in terms of multiplayer, I think you're good, but I think in terms of like story-based ones, I think, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people argue is, I want my dollar to stretch, you know, five-hour games, 10-hour games, get that out of here. I need this 30-hour story. And, and talking about uh, uh, Gears, I looked it up, Gears 1, 2, and 3 all average between nine and a half to 10 hours for the campaign. Mm -hmm. That's pretty solid, especially for shooters looking at even like Modern Warfare, that's six hours. Yeah, um, it's about five hours too long, but <laughs> so you have Come like on, shooters, <laughs> you have shooters that have that shorter one, and then you have some um, like new God of War. It's about twenty hours. That you know, I think you brought up, and it makes sense. That's somewhat the industry standard for a lot more of these this this uh, renaissance of investing a bunch into a single player game to yep. just be a single player game. And I think that's great. And I, I think it's perfect because we also have plenty of other single player games that had some multiplayer potentials, but really it's a single player experience that are short, but that have stood the test of time. Portal, Undertale, Donut County, A Way Out, even like bigger titles like Titanfall 2 and Hellblade that have those shorter, more condensed stories that really worked and really brought people in to that experience. Titanfall 2 was one of the biggest surprises I've ever had in the campaign where like, I didn't expect to get a really cool sci-fi story and be attached to a Titan as much as I was versus it trying to just be a multiplayer game. Yeah. I don't really have a lot to add to that because I, I think that's a really great summation. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind... The team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. 
This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. No, I, I think it's valid because my points are great, obviously. Um, but I, I wanted to turn it on to us. 30 some odds that are, you know, getting, getting a little older. Getting old, man. Slower. The reflexes aren't <laughs> as good as they used to be. I don't have that 13 year old APM. I can't be building like they do. So it's true. So I got to go I, in there. I got to adjust the sensitivity <laughs> on the sticks. I got to get it moving a little quicker for me. The game's got to do some of the work. I got to get my assisted living stuff set aside so I can get my gaming going. But no, I, I want to talk <laughs> about and get your opinion because we voice it a bit. But as we, because I think it's one of those funny things when we were younger, when we played games, it's like, that's ah, a fad. That's a phase. You'll play it when you're a kid. You won't play it when you're older. And I thought that yeah. too. Like, I'm going to phase out of this. It's wild that I think most of which doubled down ended up like <laughs> this was a passion that we had. And I think we'll always in some form play a game, even if it's a mobile app, even if it's something like we'll always have some type of gaming. So for you, if, if, if we're going over to Mr. Todd Howard or uh, Sir Rockstar, and we're going to talk to them about what our, our ideal kind of length of a game is. Um, what, would, what would you say? Like, like, what is your ideal gameage? Well, I, I think God of War at 20 hours is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a very solid amount of hours for a story. I think that I can get through that as it stands right now and have a pretty good time doing it not feel like I got gypped on the amount of money that I spent because sure. I mean, for next gen games, it's like 70 bucks for a game. Now I usually am a little more patient and wait for things to go down in price. So that stuff doesn't really bother me. I, I'm not the one that you were talking about earlier. That's like, is my dollar going to stretch mm -hmm. this length? I'm not necessarily as concerned with that by the time that I get the game, but about 20 hours, I think, seems pretty solid. God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, those are games that I had a really great time with. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, I had a really amazing time with, even longer. Or, but if you, I think if you really wanted to blow through Red Dead Redemption 2, you could have done that as well. Sure. So for me, I want a lot of time in the story. I want it to be entertaining, and I want it to really, like, hold a good solid pace. I also played the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and it's not, mm -hmm. I don't think, a super long story necessarily, but the style of gameplay makes it feel a lot longer, in my opinion, than it actually needed to be, because it's really more of an interactive movie. It's sort mm -hmm. of like a blend between the old Telltale games and a little bit of action as well. So it's it's just it's sort of dependent on the style of game because there are games that I can get lost in like Skyrim, like a Stardew Valley where I'm not necessarily so focused on that single player campaign that 
I'm worried about the amount of time. It's just like a game that I'm going to play, and when I'm done playing it, I'm done playing it, regardless of the story. Uh, but those ones that are really narrative-driven, I think, like, that's sort of my expectation. Um, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm on the same points with a lot of that. And, you know, my monkey brain has just, <laughs> just dissolved over the years, especially as we've gotten, like, reels and TikToks and, you know, rest in peace vines where things are immediate oh. and quick and, like, you get, like, these dopamine hits of, like, spike, 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 spike. That's how I feel about a lot of games. And I do better in, like, the Overwatches or I've been playing a lot of Smite recently where the match may be 10 to 30 minutes longer Smite match and, like, I get that nice reset. So for multiplayer, that's usually what I'm playing. And for story-based ones... It's tough because I do have that fall off. Like I never beat Elden Ring. Um, I, I I hit that threshold for me where like I'm 30 hours in and I'm like, woo wee! I think um I think I'm hitting a wall right now. Like I'm really enjoying this. I really love it, but it's it's really tough for me. Um, so yeah. I, I I stray and I'm gonna bring it up more to those <laughs> indies or double A's or some of those triple A's that handle it like Stray like Stardew Valley, uh, like Unpacking, that are really cool narrative-driven things, but that come in these much more bite-sized packs. Um, I'm also mostly gaming on PC, so I usually get a lot of indie games for that cheaper. I do like the Xbox Game Pass for PC, and I play a lot of those indie titles, and that's just where I see a lot for me. There are plenty of really cool games I do want to check out. Again, God of War, is one of them, not, never really owning a Sony product. I'll eventually get it on PC and we got another Steam sale coming. And I guarantee I will love every minute of it. I will play through it in that about 20 to 30, if you linger, hours for me. So, so 20, I think, is probably a great cap because like that's true gamers hit 20. I'm at like 24, 25, 26. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's kind of my threshold, but those OG, like Xbox, Xbox three, 360 era games, I think were like those perfect 10 to 15 hours was more my speed in terms of like, boom, finish that one, pop the next disc in, let's get to the next game. And it's interesting because that, so like you and I played that original Gears of War trilogy together. Yep. A lot of it, uh, we did co-op mm -hmm. and I don't remember ever playing through those campaigns and feeling disappointed, even though we had way more time to game back then and game yeah. together. And there was, yeah, I mean, there was never really a time where I was like, man, I really wish that this had been longer. I really wish that there had been more time between these titles. It was like, okay, Gears of War 2 is out. Let's keep rolling through this story. This is going to be great. Marcus and Dom, let's go. Great time. Um, so that's sort of the era of gaming that I view as like my favorite. And I would like to see more games like that, where it does sort of fit in that nice, you can have like a good cooperative experience. You have mm -hmm. a little bit of a story, but it hits a lot more in the middle grounds over these hyper-focused on this very large expansive like you said elder scroll 6 that'll be 30,000 hours or yeah. multiplayer that's going to last 10 years these highly specialized things that they're doing now personally uh doesn't excite me too much especially as i get older i would mm -hmm. love to see a little quick trilogy of games again 
I just don't know that I'm going to get my wish. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this is a whole nother episode topic, but I think the company that hits it right almost every time is Nintendo. Uh, you know, whether it is adding that multiplayer into a co-op aspect, whether it is like Breath of the Wild or mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey, which I think for me to kind of like let you linger off the path, but hit the main story does fall within that like 30 hours or so. If you're just kind of going through the game casually, yep. those yep. worked so well. And I'm going to contrast that to gears five, which I played, which has a lot of really cool elements. I'm not, it was a fun game to play, but there was a lot of downtime, a lot of me skiing across the tundra on my weird boat thing. <laughs> and like hitting missions in different areas. And I know that's trying to make it this open world idea. I don't think everything needs it. Yeah. And so where Breath of the Wild and Odyssey, you know, Breath of the Wild being full open and Odyssey giving the illusion of free open, kind of going to the different uh, worlds, that for me, I think, is, is if you want to be like, hey, Alex, what's your like single player experience that you want? It's those. And so, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting topic that I'll probably shift on in a couple of years, especially as like whenever Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, I'm like, yeah, if I could have a game that's, you know, maybe 40,000 hours next time, I, I think that's my game because Elder Scrolls 6 was so good. I mean, that's that's what one can it's hope true. for. Um, you can't you can't go back right once you've done that. So Elder yeah. Scrolls 6 comes out. 15 years or whatever, 40,000 hours. If they, it's like a kid on Christmas. <laughs> it's like that kid from Harry Potter where it's like, what? I got more last year. I got more presents. <laughs> How am I going to get less presents? Oh, well, the presents are bigger. I don't care. I want more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly it. So we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to hear all of your opinions on this. And, you know, especially those who are younger, like, are you seeing yourself like sinking those 60 hours in and be like, oh, it's nothing. Cakewalk. Give me a hundred, you know, or are you clambering to have those much more like tight, concise games that deliver like the biggest story in a punch, but for less for the money? I don't know. I'm very interested. So let us know. Yes. Let us know in the Q&A of this episode. Let us know in our discord as well. Free to join. I'll include a link to that in the episode details that you can follow and join us there. Also hit us up on the socials. I'll also put the Instagram and Twitter uh, at in the details as well. So you can hit us up there. But yeah, would love to talk about it because I'm definitely curious, like Alex, on do you really care about these? Are these the ramblings of two old men or (laughs) are these actually things that... uh, People that are being targeted in game development are these things that you're actually interested in as well. Absolutely. Uh, If you want to hear more of our ramblings a little earlier, these actually come out on Patreon a month before the masses of you. We open the floodgates to you. So if you want that or even more content, bonus episodes, extra things that we have, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight. But I'll be quick and wrap it up here. You've been a wonderful audience asterisk bow asterisk (laughs) and i'm looking forward to talking about some more subjects with you derek yeah okay goodbye (laughs) (laughs) goodbye (laughs) see you guys